So the women, as we know, journey to the tomb on the morning after Sabbath to anoint Jesus' body, and they find the tomb empty. And they receive the message of resurrection. Now this is the story we gather to celebrate and retell today, the story that comes around every year, the story that shapes our calendars, the story that defines our faith. The women journey to the very place of death, and they find life. Now none of the resurrection accounts in the Gospels tell us about Jesus' actual resurrection. We just have the empty tomb. The women go expecting to find one thing, and they receive something altogether different. And this is the verse that stuck with me this week. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Why do you look for the living among the dead? Why do you come here tired, sad, discouraged? Why did you expect to find Jesus dead. We decided at Parkway Hills to prepare for and to invite people to Easter Day services by putting out some banners, sending postcards, getting yard signs, sharing on social media these words. Discover how love has already won. I'm sure you've seen some of these. It's on the front of the bulletin. Discover how love has already won. That's a pretty bold statement for us to make. I thought about this chosen line for us, discover how love has already won, when I read that verse, why do you look for the living among the dead? Both express a reality, a truth about our story of faith that's um, maybe a little hard for us to hold sometimes. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Why? Because we get tired. We get beaten down. We start to doubt. We look around and we see so much hate, so much brokenness. A war rages in Ukraine. People are struggling to feed their families. The current housing market reminds us of the inequity and injustice that abounds in our presence. And so we question, we believe death has won. Why would we look for life? We say, really? Love is already won? Not from where I'm standing. I mean, throughout our lives, at various times, we are the women arriving at the tomb on Easter morning, sad, scared, scarred disillusioned. We are, as scripture says, perplexed and terrified. And then there's this. Just when maybe we start to believe, we can see the hope, the life, the newness. We go forth to share our story, to share the hope, and people look at us like this. And our words seem to them an idle tale and they do not believe us. 
The idea of resurrection can be as challenging for us as for those women who encountered the empty tomb, who were the first to step into the world and preach the good news, looking at the brokenness of the world, seeing and feeling the hate, and yet clinging to a faith that proclaimed a message that said, love has already won. Psalm 73, making a shift here, is one of my favorite psalms, and it's not really an Easter psalm. It's a psalm of one who is struggling to understand God, questioning what they know about God and what they see going on in the world around them. It's the song of an individual lifting up their own doubts about God's justice. They admit they struggle with envy, with wondering what faith in God gets them. They're jealous, reporting of the lifestyle of the wicked and their own temptations to be like them. They look around and think that pride and violence have become second nature. They see oppression, those who have all the power crushing their opponents, and it bothers them that such people thrive. Others are getting wealthy, appearing to be completely undisturbed by want, disease, or misfortune of any kind. Why bother with faith, the psalmist says? Because I look at others who do as they please, and they seem to be doing just fine. In the beginning of this verse of Psalm 73, the psalmist is on the verge of losing faith of writing it off, of taking an easier path, one that doesn't challenge them to hold in tension a God who is love and mercy, and at the same time, a God of justice and accountability. They're tempted to just toss their faith to the side, hoping that life will be better. After all, what has being a good person of faith gotten them? They're tired. They're beaten down. They're doubting. They believe death has won. Why look for life? They're ready to walk away from it all. Until, the psalmist says, until I went into the sanctuary of God. This ancient person of faith apparently entered the sanctuary with burning questions, doubts, and fears, and was given the space to kind of grapple, not alone, but in worship with God and with others. And in worship, probably in sharing in one of the great festivals of the Hebrew religious year, this ancient person of faith was reminded that they're part of a story that's bigger than themselves. A story of a God who holds it all. A story of a God who will one day set all things right. In the sanctuary, the psalmist meets God. Outside the sanctuary, the world tried to deceive, but in the presence of God and community of faith, light began to dawn. Hope appears. Why bother with faith? Why come to this place? Why make that journey to the tomb year after year after year? Because we get tired. 
we get beaten down. We start to doubt. We look around and we see so much hate, so much brokenness, and we question. We believe death has won. So we come. We come as the women came. And we get to lift and receive the good news. Christ is risen. We get to speak those words. Death has been defeated. Brokenness can be mended. Hate and evil will not win. New life can come, even from the very place of death. I say every year at Easter that our very presence in sacred space around the world is an affirmation that what the Creator God has done in Jesus Christ and supremely in His resurrection is what God intends to do for the whole world. To use the words of Frederick Buechner, and to put it a little more simply, the resurrection means that the worst thing is not the last thing. There's a piece entitled Transformation that um, I came across um, this week, and it kind of named for me um, how we know how love has already won. I'm going to share it with you, but kind of add in my own, um, this is how we know love has already won. It reads, the risen living Christ calls us by our name. Love has already won because the living Christ comes to the loneliness within us heals that which is wounded within us, comforts that which grieves within us. Love has already won because the risen, living Christ releases us from that which has dominion over us, cleanses us of that which does not belong to us, renews that which feels drained in us. Love has already won because the living, risen Christ awakens that which is asleep in us, names that which is still formless within us, empowers that which is newborn with us. Love has already won because the risen, living Christ consecrates and guides that which is strong within us, restores us to this world which needs us, reaches out in endless love to others through us. The risen, living Christ calls us by our name. As one of my clergy friends says, Jesus is on the loose. Love has won. Christ is risen? Yes, Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.